Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Coffee Time with Byron and Dave. Again, there is no Dave. Hopefully, he'll be back soon. God bless him. Hopefully, he'll come back. But on this 24th episode, we have Stan the Man Musial's grandson, Brian, to talk about his grandfather and how much he meant to him and how much he's seen throughout his career with him. So, welcome to the show again. <laughs> Thank you again for having me. So My uh, pleasure. Yeah, so I was very close with Stan. So the last uh, eight or nine years of his life, I was his caretaker and also helped run his company, Stan the Man Incorporated. Uh, so I, I did quite a bit with him. You know, I took him to lunch and dinner five, six days a week. So we were with each other, you know, like, like I said, 60, 70 hours a week. So I got to know the man pretty well and got to meet a lot of his friends uh, who happened to be Hall of Famers and current players and, and, and you name it, presidents. Uh, we met a couple presidents actually through the years. So he actually met every, every president since Eisenhower. Actually, he was invited to the White House. From, wow, that's uh, awesome. Five, yeah, from the 40s to 2011. So uh, quite an accomplishment in, in itself. So take us through him as a player. What was he to you as a player? I know you got to see most of his most of his um, games probably growing up. I'm sure didn't he play when you were just a wee, little bit baby? I'm sure you remember from your dad. Uh, so it was my mom's dad is is who uh, was his blood, but I, I did not actually. I was born in eighty one, so I was I did uh, not so get to see videos. Of gotcha. Him. Um, I mean, but just even talking to him about about baseball and the way he saw things, not many people did. Like they they always claimed that he actually had twenty ten vision, so he could actually see the seams on the baseball, and he would know where the baseball was going to end up once once it left the pitcher's hands, and he would try to teach me that as like it's something you don't teach grandpa either have that or you don't um i mean him ted williams maybe a couple other guys saw saw the ball like that and even saw life like that to be honest hey at least he tried putting his knowledge into you so you could follow in his footsteps at least he tried give him props for that yeah Uh, unfortunately some of the best ball players always aren't the best coaches (laughs) they, they uh they have different abilities than most of us yeah that's true so when when you got to see these guys, Hall of Famers, what were they? Were they just as nice as people say they were? Were they close to him? How how did I mean, how how was how was that relationship with him and his former teammates? Yeah, so I mean, Stan got along with everybody. We we actually called Stan. We called him Papo. Actually, that was the family name. So if I go back and forth with Papo, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so his his friend. I mean, he was just a likable guy. He got along with pretty much. Pretty much everyone. I mean, I, it's, it's almost impossible to along with everybody in life. But like his his former teammates and Hall of Famers, they all they all really got along, and they were like family. It was a, it was a baseball family, and I, I really got to know the Cardinal family side because when I was uh, older, taking care of him, that's who I would see was the Cardinal Hall of Famers. You know, Ozzy Smith, Whitey Herzog, Bob mm-hmm. Gibson, Luke Rock, Bruce Souter. Uh, I mean, you name it. Those Tony Larusa, those guys, we really got to know. And, and I, when we'd go down to the ballpark, that's who we would see, especially opening day. I was with them on eight opening days, so I, I got to ride around the golf cart with them, which was, you know, for for someone like me. I mean, I wasn't a baseball player like like he was or anything, so it was, it was a lot of fun just to be in a surreal moment like that a couple times. Now, take us through some of his stories. I know he told you a lot, as you were telling me before he went on live on the Anchor and on the YouTube version. You were telling me he shared some stories with you throughout his playing career. Why don't you share a couple of those st- stories that you remember most that he shared with you throughout his playing career? Yeah. So some of the things that amazed me was actually his memory. People would, would come up to him and like, do you remember, you know, May 1st? You know, 1954, you faced uh, Lou Madrowski or something, and and you know, do you remember what pitch? And he could remember what pitch it was. Like I, his memory, like the, it was amazing how he would remember that. But it, it was mostly because of repetition. He would time the pitchers, but also back then you would see a lot of the same pitcher. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, like a Warren Spahn, uh, a pitcher like that, or any any kind of Hall of Famer, he saw a lot during his career. So he actually hit those guys better because he had them down. Um, I mean, it was all about timing for him, and he was he was really darn good with timing. Uh, whether it be in hitting or in life, he, he knew just how to handle that. Yeah, I mean, he he was. I, I only saw highlights, just like 
just like you did, unfortunately. I mean, he was a beast out there on the field. You name it, he could hit anything. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that he's not really in the record books. I mean, they've all been beaten, of course, but still, it, just the records that he was able to accumulate when he played is the likes of, you know, guys of today. It's amazing. That's what they look to be was guys, you know, want to be just like him hitting-wise. He always said that one of his big things when he was growing up uh, in Denora, Pennsylvania, he had to learn to hit the ball to left field mm-hmm. so the opposite way, and that really helped his career because if you hit it to right field, it would go in a creek. <laughs> so he always hit it to the left field, and that's how he learned from a very young age, and it really helped his career uh, and excel in that because he, he always said that Ted Williams – was so stubborn because they actually did the shift on on Ted, and he got so stubborn he wanted to hit the ball even harder into those guys. He's like, if he only learned to hit it to left field, he would hit four hundred every year. Were you were you there the night that they inducted him into the Ring of Honor? The are you the Cardinals? About the Cardinals. The Ring of Honor. You mean the Hall, the Hall of Fame or the, or the, the Cardinal Fame? The, the Cardinal Hall of Fame when they and when they did that in the wall. Yeah, uh, so they, they redid that. I think it was it in two thousand six. Yeah, we were all down there uh, when they reintroduced the. I think they introduced the Cardinals Hall of Fame. I guess, um, and all the all the big guys were down there. Yeah, so I mean, it was a yeah. Because he he's on he's on the list of all the all time greats. He, he's on the list like you like we said, Tony Marusa, Ozzy Smith, Lou Brock. I think Joe Buck's dad is on there too. Yeah, Jack Buck. Yeah, Jack, Jack Buck. Did yeah. you did did he have any stories about? Did he have any stories about any of those guys? I mean, so uh, Gibson, he would always joke with because Stan was ending his career when Gibson was kind of getting started, mm-hmm. and Gibson would be asleep on the bench at the end of the game, and he'd go wake him up, say, "Hey, hey, kid, the game's over." <laughs> Gibson was a wild man at first. He didn't he didn't come in being the starter. Uh, he had to earn it a little bit, and, and it took a couple years for him to, to not be as wild and actually get his uh, his pitching down. But obviously, he was all time great. <laughs> yeah, that he was. Uh, what so? What year did he ultimately get inducted into the Hall of Fame? So the baseball Hall of Fame was 1969. So it was a little, little predate me a little bit. Um, but yeah, so he's been in. He was in there for a good part of his life. So 50 plus years, he got in first ballot. I think it was 93 percent of the ballot. Did he ever take? Really you, did he ever take you to go in and see it? So yes, we uh, the whole family used to go up, in the, especially in like the '90s, uh, a lot, and it wasn't as big as it is now. Um, so we we got to hang out with all all the big ball players. I mean, you name it: Ted Williams, Mickey Mantle, uh, like those those likes of those guys were, were all there, and it was, it was like a big one big family. I mean, you'd have dinner together, you'd hang out. Um, I mean, my sister always tells a story, but there was a, someone pulled a fire alarm one night. <laughs> And, and, and uh, we had to go help my grandparents get out. And Lou Brock comes out two in the morning, fully dressed in a tie, because that's Lou was just always dressed to the, to the max. He's like, Do you sleep in that? Like, <laughs> where does that come from? <laughs> so, what is your guys's, your family's relationship now with the Cardinals since he's been gone, like you said, for 10 years? Do they still send you to games? Have you come to games? How, yeah, how is that no, relationship? They, uh, yeah, absolutely. So they, the Cardinals do, uh, like, I like to think that they take a very good care of us, actually. They, we still get to go to games. Um, I mean, they still, you know, once or twice a year, they, they do something with his name. Um, they do bobbleheads or, or they honor him in some way. They, they were going to do a couple things last year for his 100th birthday. Um, and they even had, uh, because of COVID, they didn't get to, so they're doing them this right. year. But they even had at the on his actual birthday at the stadium, they had a drive-by, and we were out there waving to, to fans coming by, and they dropped off cards to him. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, at least there's at least the Cardinals are still, because sometimes when you have a, a Hall of Famer or whatever who perishes, sometimes, I've even heard this before, sometimes the teams just don't care. Like, they just let it go. They are gracious for the service, you know, whatever, you know, and then the family won't comes around or whatever and they want tickets or the care, you know, they don't, but that's awesome to see that the Cardinals are different. The Cardinals in that really regard. take care of their own. Like if it, uh, that's what I've heard from a lot of different players. And I, I remember when 
I went down with Grandpa one of the years when Joe Torres coaching the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I think it was 04, 05. Like it was, you know, Jeter, Bernie Williams, uh, I think Era was, was there, Randy Johnson. And uh, we went over there to say hi to Joe and, and Papa. Stan sat down and started signing autographs. And all the Yankees, all these stud players lined up like little kids to get an autograph. And Jeter turned to me and he goes, you don't realize we don't get this. Yeah, and, that's and true. don't come around like this. No, and yeah. I was so used to the, the way the Cardinals do it that, that they really engage former players, especially Hall of Famers, to keep coming around because that knowledge is priceless. So uh, take us through uh, when he was telling you stories throughout his career. Is there a time that he enjoyed the most about playing the game compared to maybe of what you see now on TV or, or what before he died, the game, how the game was going with the steroid era? Take, what, what did he tell you about that compared to when he played? He'd been making a lot more money now. <laughs> That's what he said. Um, no, true. he uh, obviously he he likes. I mean, he, he just loved baseball through and through. But his first six years, they won the World Series three times. So <laughs> he thought they were supposed to win it every other year. <laughs> and they uh, honestly, the, he always said that he really wished they would have broke the racial barrier earlier because they would probably would have won out the fifties too. They won most of the forties and the Brooklyn Dodgers brought in Jackie Robinson. Yeah. And Stan was very adamant. Like, I wish they would have broke the, the color barrier earlier because it would have helped us and we would have won because I, I just want to win. I don't care. Um, I mean, that's what Hank Aaron. So we actually uh, have, have talked to Hank Aaron quite a few times and he just said he would do anything for Stan because what he did at, at, at uh, Hank's first All-Star game, the uh, I think it was Hank Aaron and a, a couple other guys were all playing cards by themselves, and Stan went in and, and said, deal me in, and that was his way of dealing with racism. He just didn't see that. So, uh, and he said, I will remember that for the rest of my life because Stan treated me like a normal human being. Now, how did he I, – I know he handled it well like you're saying, but – what 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 were some of the stories that he told you that he witnessed from from that era when it was when the league was racial divided before Jackie Robinson? Mm-hmm. What what he think of that? Did he was he upset? Did he ever share that he was upset that the league never went to that racial background until Jackie Robinson or? What was that? What was his, what was his stories to you on that? Um, I mean, he was he never showed that he was totally upset. I mean, obviously he didn't like it. I mean, he just wanted to win, and uh, he thought that that was the best way to win. So, I mean, he I couldn't imagine his team with a Josh Gibson on it, who was you know one of the best catchers ever to play the game, or let alone a Jackie Robinson in second base, even though Red was the second baseman and an All of Famer in his own court. So. I, you know, he didn't talk about it much, but I, I don't. I know he didn't like it. So, if he was alive to this day, would he would he have been happy with what the players were doing last year when taking a stand during this whole racial thing? Would he? How, how I mean, would he have the, taken that? The generation probably. I mean, to me, that they they thought a little differently. I mean, they they tried to just make sports sports. And I, I know activism is part of it. I mean, and it was a part of it even back then because of the color barrier. So, so there was the activism in his own way. He just didn't have the social media and whatnot to talk about it. And I mean, he, I mean, he even joked about. I mean, when people ask him about politics, he always said he was a Republican because he just he never wanted to get into, into it with people because it's you know it's a no win situation for the most part. And I don't blame him. I'm the same way. I mean, I don't. I don't I'm not a politics guy. Never was. Never will be. I think most politicians are crooked. That's just how I roll. I don't vote. Sorry, but I don't vote. That's how I feel. But, I, I mean, I'm with him on that. That's why I hardly ever talk about it because, it, I mean, it's I mean, it's just no no need to talk about it. Seriously. I, I kind of felt like he did. Yeah. Well, he, he had a great saying, which uh, uh, I've taken to heart, is to each their own. You know, everyone thinks their own way, and, and you know what? Good for you if you don't think that way, and I think my own way. It just is what it is. No big deal. Yeah, free country. That's yeah. why we live here. Yeah. Um, so, what what did he did he, did he say? I know he was around during baseball's 
rough patch in the 90s with the steroid era. Did he say anything to you about the steroid era and if it hurt the game to him or if it grew the game? Because I know they were coming back from strike in 94 when all this escalated. So what was his view on that? He just said uh, when it came to Hall of Fame voting, he did not like that steroid era guys, that known steroid era guys, would get into the Hall of Fame. He, did, he didn't like that because it wasn't fair to the guys that didn't do it. I mean, the, those guys for the 40 years plus that hit 500 home runs, they, they did it <laughs> with their, without steroids, and, and it just wasn't fair to those guys. So what about what he think about McGuire? Because I know he watched him. What did he say about McGuire? Well, did he say that too? Yeah, so I mean, Mark, I got to meet him quite a few times too. We were down there for his 500th home run actually. Because uh, I think Gwynn was supposed to get his 3,000th hit too, and in, in Major League Baseball had asked him to come down. Yeah. They, they were, oh, I think it was almost the same weekend, I think. Um, Mark was always a super nice guy. And not to take away from what he did, but unfortunately with the steroids, uh, for him to get in the Hall of Fame would be very hard because a lot of those guys are hard-pressed to vote for someone like that. And it's not that he's not a good person. It's unfortunately it was part of the ball, uh, ball game back then and uh, just kind of part of the past is, is what it is. Now, did he tell you any stories from when he when his when he went to the World Series and won with his teams? Yeah, so I, when they beat the I think they beat the Yankees twice and the Red Sox once. I think it was uh, forty six. They beat uh, Ted Williams. Actually, it was like one of the only times he actually really got to face him, except for in the All Star games because um, they were always compared together. Because uh, uh, people would joke, "Cause like, oh, you, you know, Ted Williams is like, yeah, he was a pretty good ball player too." <laughs> but just like I said, winning the World Series three of your first, yeah, I think it was three of his first five years actually, and he missed one year in 1945 because uh, he went in the, to the Navy for the war. So it was really three of his first four years, pretty amazing. But uh, unfortunately, he never got back. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. So do you think to the, to this day, if he uh, was still alive? He'd like the way the game of baseball is going with the strikeout, walk, home run mentality of today's game. You think he'd like that format? I mean, he he even tried to hit home runs one year and his batting average went down. Um, he tried to get underneath the ball a little bit more and change his swing. And I think he, I mean, he still hit like 315, which for most players, they would be amazing. And then, I, I mean, Stan only struck out 696 times, I think, in 22 years. I mean, that, that's like three years for these guys now. I mean, the, the game has just changed completely. And he also understands that because, like, we even talked about when Pujols left, that he understood it's – back then it was just a completely different ball game, and it wasn't a business. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like family. I mean, you you got to know everyone now. Your players are switching almost daily. Uh, you barely get to know each other as much like you did back then. I mean, he was with the Cardinals for 22 years. That just doesn't happen anymore, unfortunately. I mean, the Cardinals are lucky to have a player like Yachty. He's been with the team yeah. for 17, 18 years now. Are there still any players in the league today that – that he talked to, that he was able to talk to before he left. Are you talking about that that play? That play today. That play today, or in or in that era before he died in two thousand three. Yeah, I mean, so uh, Pools and him were very close. Uh, we went every time I went down to the stadium. Albert told me to come get him every time Sam was there because he wanted to pay his respects, and he would every time I'd, I'd go there. He would, Walk, he would stop whatever he was doing and walk over to say to say hi and talk to him a little bit. And I mean, Albert's just a very nice person. Um, it's unfortunate what happened to him last week, but part of the business of baseball now too. I mean, yeah. I, I think the back in the sixties, the, the teams probably would have been a little bit different about it. But unfortunately, now the game has changed. You you think he would have loved the idea of having the long contracts in baseball, like the, what they're giving out nowadays? You think he would have enjoyed that? Oh, yeah. I mean, he talked about it because people would ask him what you would make. And he goes, well, how much did the top guy make? And I made a little more. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I mean, who couldn't pass that up? What's getting paid today, right? Just to hit yeah. the ball and feel the ball. So <laughs> uh, yeah. did, what what position do you do you do you remember? Because I forget what highlights I it has. to. I haven't seen a highlight in forever. What position did he play? 
So he was right field, and, and he actually played first base as well. So pretty much was half his career in the outfield and half his career at first base. He liked the outfield better, uh, mostly because he said first base, you were involved in almost every play because you had a lot more to do. When right field, you, you barely got the ball hit to you that much. That's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, now now we got into, like you said, a little bit about the COVID and all that, that they were on, going, Cardinals were going to honor him last year with something. I think you said a bobblehead, correct? And yeah, he did come to everything for his 100th birthday, yeah. Um, do you do you think that the fans will be fully back in the stands now for that? From what I hear, I th- I, they're thinking probably June. They just comp- increased the capacity actually yesterday, I think, to over 50% for Bush Stadium. I mean, there's a lot of stadiums leading the way. Uh, the Atlanta, the Florida Marlins, the, I think, uh, is it Texas Rangers? Yeah, the, the Texas Rangers. 100%. So yeah. you have teams like that leading the way. It makes it very easy as long as, as nothing goes Arrive, you know. Now, hopefully, going down. Was there ever a was there ever a time that he told you about that was like last year and this year with the COVID? Did he ever have playing in his playing career ever go through something like that? Well, they had the World War Two. Uh, a lot of players missed time because of World War Two, and I, I I think baseball was pretty much shut down in 1945. I mean, that's he, he was in Hawaii and he was joked with the hula hula girls. He's like. He, he won an award for being down there. He goes, I don't know why. I was down. I was down there, you know, enjoying playing baseball. He actually played baseball for the Navy down there. I have his uniform actually uh, from those playing days. So I mean, like you said, you got to know you got to know him a lot because you would say you were probably the closest to him since you took care of him. I mean, I hate to get into this, but I gotta ask this. How bad was it for you to just watch him deteriorate in, in life, knowing that he was eventually going to die? Like, how how bad was it to sit there and watch that? I mean, it's like watching your best friend slowly go. And it's unfortunate. He, I mean, he was he was pretty good up until the very end. I mean, he, he knew who everyone was. It wasn't like that. His body just gave out on him, unfortunately. Um, it was just a struggle. It was really the last, you know, three months were, were the worst. Uh, up until then, I mean, he knew what was going on. He still signed autographs up until five days before he passed. And he, he loved doing it because he always joked that it was like picking money up off the ground. I mean, <laughs> who else can get – you sign an autograph for $100 every 10 seconds or even less right, than that. Right, right. Uh, so he just he enjoyed working. I mean, uh, we used, like I said, we used to go to the office, you know, five days a week to, to go work and do other stuff. But um, – Going back to your question, it, it was sad. I mean, I, I lost, I lost my best friend. Did he say anything to you before he, in those days that he knew he was going to go, and you knew it as well? Did he say anything to you? No. Um, I mean, one of the, the last thing he asked for in his life was a lager. <laughs> so we actually, I did a beer for him last year uh, in his honor. I did a lager, the hundred year old lager. It was, it was uh, what beer tasted like from when he was born in 1920. And we honored him last year. I did it with a local brewery here in town and it actually did very, very well. And now they're making it an annual thing every baseball season. Now I'm sure he, I'm sure he had to tell you this, but not too often does a player ever get to stay with their team for so many years and retire with them. Um, How did he feel about that? Because not many players get to say that. Did he say at all to you how much of an honor it was just to stay with one team and not be traded? Well, they actually did try to trade him, and he said he was going to quit. Oh, in, really? In the late 50s, yeah. Wow. There was another, yeah, there was uh, that time, and then there was actually another chance. Uh, I think it was in the mid-50s. The, uh, the Mex- uh, Mexican League started to emerge, and, and they were trying to buy players off for, for top dollar, and he just he didn't want to do it, so he didn't leave then either. But, yeah, though he, he walked in the office and said, if you trade me, I'm, I'm going to quit. I'll retire right now. He, he wanted to stay with the same team. I don't blame him. I would. I mean, I would say that. Well, at least they honored him and mm-hmm. kept and kept him there. So, I mean, they took it seriously, and uh, they should have. Um, 
a but, player of his, his stature at that time. I think it was his 17th year or something. He had a little little pull. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get into a little bit um, about the Hall of Fame. And I know we briefly got into it that we talk, that he talked to you about the players and all that, the steroids, the scandals, whatever, about them getting in. Do you feel the same way like he did that uh, players should get in for their stats instead of what they did? Yeah, for their natural ability. Uh, I mean, uh, why would you want to take away from the game uh, with when someone can, you know, expedite their, their way in and, and a player that was, you know, maybe a B-level player become an A-level player because of something else? I mean, these those guys got in on their uh, their natural abilities, and I, I think it should be kept that way because you're honoring a, a, a game and you're dishonoring it a little bit, uh, if you ask me, uh, if you're going to allow people in with steroids. You're, you're opening up a whole wrath of different things to come then. What do you think about Pete Rose? Should he, did uh, he think he that, should be that's in? That's a tough question because, uh, I mean, he obviously made a mistake, but it was outside of the game. I mean, can, can you – really fault a man for doing something outside of the game. And I know it was, uh, uh, he should have been doing it, but I guess betting on his own team, I was betting on his own team. Yeah. And other teams is too, too. Uh, but it wasn't during his playing days and you really, he, he didn't get in as a manager. He got in as a player. Um, I, personally, I, I mean, that's a tough one, but I think he should be in the hall of fame. He's all time pitch leader. He, and he, he's there because of that. It was natural ability. Did, did uh, your grandfather think the same way about him? Uh, he, I asked him that, and he never wanted to answer the questions. Really? Uh, yeah, because uh, he, he liked Pete. I mean, it, it is it is a tough thing because he, he would always joke. You know, he would just say, you know, I'm on the uh, the committee to, to allow people in. Like, Oh, that's really? He was on that committee to allow yeah, people they, in? Uh, yeah, they were... I mean, all those guys got to vote every year, and they would they would call on certain guys, and obviously the top guys would, would get to call and ask them. So uh, that's I mean, awesome. Like, I did not know yeah. that. That's yeah. so so he never he never got into it with you. He didn't want to talk about that. Anything about controversial like that, he didn't really like to talk uh, that much about because he was just not a controversial person. I I agree with you. I think he I I mean yes, he did bet on baseball. And I agree, but. It was when he was a manager, not a player. I don't see how that's taken away from being in a Hall of Fame. I don't. I don't understand it, but I will never get Hall of Fame votes, voters, (laughs) mindsets. I I don't want. I don't want to know. (laughs) Um, But the Cardinals nowadays. Does what if he was alive to this day? Would he be happy with how they're performing today? Because I know they were in a rebuild mode for there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. There were, I think, a few years ago they were in a rebuild mode. Now they've kind of gotten it back. Uh, was he ever through like a rebuild mode? Did he t- tell you in a story at all if he was in a rebuild mode after he won those titles, World Series titles? So he was actually GM just for one year in 1967, and they won the World Series that year. He was one and done. Uh, so he got to see a little bit uh, side of that baseball, the like the business side of baseball. I mean, it, it's not easy. It's not easy to keep those teams together, especially now. Guys, like I said, they get traded. Things happen after a couple of years, arbitration, all this other stuff that they didn't have to deal with. I mean, you were your own agent back when he played. You didn't have agents. Uh, I mean, the, the Yankees, if, if you, every year you'd have to go renegotiate your contract back then. And then a lot of times those guys, Joe DiMaggio and them would have to negotiate their contracts even after hitting 350 and doing all the kind of stuff they did. Uh, the Cardinals were a little bit easier to deal with, but uh, he was, a, Stan was the first player to make $100,000 in a year on the, in the National League. Now, did he ever have any stories to share with you against the Cubs? I know they were his rival team back then. Did he have any stories about them? Yeah, uh, no, he, he loved hitting at Wrigley. Uh, that's where he got his 3,000th hit, which actually was today, uh, back in 1958, I think. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, so he, got, he was not supposed to play that day, and they put him as a pinch hitter, and he had a double, got a 3,000th hit up there. So, no, I, I mean, 
there's a lot of different teams uh, that liked him. Uh, he did he did well in Brooklyn as well. But it, I, during his passing, actually, it was a funny thing. The Cubs put up a bunch of stuff on all their bars for him. Uh, yeah, we'll miss you, Stan. He was actually voted in the, I think it was in the 60s, he was voted the Cubs fans' favorite ball player over their own players. <laughs> that, says, that says something about the Cubs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so let's get into your your opinion of today's game. We talked about a little from what your grandfather would think. What about what about you? I know you're still a fan in a game. Do you like the way the game is going this day, where it's no longer like we talked about with your grandfather? And if he said that, what about you with the running the running the hitting the runner over, steal stealing a base, whatnot, single, double, triple, you know that mindset, the old school way. Do you like the way the game is going? So I grew up with, we called it Whitey Ball here in St. Louis, uh, Whitey Herzog. So he would, you know, get on, get him over, get him in. Uh, so that that was the mentality. So do I like that ball? Uh, obviously, yes. But, I mean, the game has changed. I mean, that was back, the guys weren't as big in the 80s. Now the, the home runs come back, which is, you know, it's more exciting for the game. Um, and, and you're competing with so many other sports now where baseball was America's pastime for a long time. I mean, you name it, there's how many sports out there. So to really, uh, you, you've got to change and you, you got to, got to look at different stuff to, to keep up the hype for the, for baseball. So I think it's actually good for the game and, and what they're doing. Um, unfortunately more strikeouts because of that, but I, I mean, you, you got to keep up with, with everything uh, that's going on in the world. Do you still see baseball has America's pastime? I do, uh, but I also grew up with it. So, you know, I mean, I, I, it's super close to me, and obviously it's a little bit in my blood. Um, so I, I would think so, but, you know, there's a lot of kids that are growing up now that wouldn't think that, which I totally understand. Yeah, because like, we just got onto the strikeouts. Yeah, last year it was over 20,000. The year before that was 17,000 strikeouts. Yeah. I mean... It, it, this is all in a season, and you think last year was only sixty games, and you had over twenty thousand strikeouts. Oh, jeez, yeah, that's a lot. But a lot of players didn't do like a lot of the good players. I, I was just randomly looking at like a JD Martinez, who usually hits you know two ninety three hundred and has a pretty good year. He only had two twenty. It, it was an off year for a lot of players, and they never they never got in their groove. Like I mean, that's that's the whole thing. A lot of players like consistency, and they like the the repetition of the same thing over and over again, and, and it changed a lot for a lot of those players. So uh, it, it was hard to adapt, actually, for a lot of those guys is what it seemed like to me. Do you see the Cardinals going anywhere this year? Yeah, I mean, we're leading the league right now. Um, I, I like that we got Arenado. I mean, our, our pitching's holding up. Uh, I mean, we have a 39-year-old pitcher named Adam Wainwright that's, that's doing very well. Yeah, Arenado, Arenado was a steal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he wanted to come here. It was pretty evident of that. So. I couldn't have been more happier with that because I'm a Padre fan, so I was happy to see him leave Colorado. <laughs> yeah, but we, we, we obviously adore him here, and he's done very well. Same with Goldschmidt, too. I was happy to see yeah. Goldschmidt leave. Yeah, so we're, we're picking everybody off from the West. So <laughs> anyone else you want to send our way? Yeah, but can you get through with your pitching, though? Your pitching, uh, you're likely weak well, pitching. That's, that's, that's the thing. I, it's the thing is, can Yachty and, and Wainwright hold up? I mean, they're both in their late thirties. I mean, usually those guys don't last a full season. So, I mean, it's looking good so far, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I think we have very good closers. We, uh, like I said, Flaherty is uh, he's had a good start to the season. I think he's really focused this year. He seemed a little out of focus last year. I mean, some some of those guys, unfortunately, uh, need to balance themselves. Carlos Martinez, I'm worried about. I mean, so I, I'm with you. Our starting pitches was was a big question, and they've seemed to done pretty well so far. How many games have you been to this year? Uh, I've been to three, so not not a ton. But I mean, there's only so many seats to be had. <laughs> we were at thirty percent capacity, so I, I I don't go to a ton, but I, I like to watch them every once in a while. I keep up with the guys. I mean, uh, Mike Schilt, the Cards manager, was actually a coach of mine in the minor really? leagues. Really, yeah, he's a, ro- a roving coach. So uh, 15, 16 years ago when I was in the minors, he uh, 
he was actually yeah we stayed and we stayed in contact and I'm actually supposed to go to dinner with you in the next couple of weeks. So now that you said you were in the minors, I got to ask you then. That leads me to my next question. I didn't know you were in the minors. Yeah. Uh, I, what, I, didn't, what, I wasn't there long. <laughs> I know, but hey, it's something at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's still fun. What what advice? What advice did your grandfather give you while going into the minors? What what advice do you remember most that you'll take that you took with you? So he didn't like what they were teaching uh, for the home run ball to swing down and get the backspin on the ball, so you get that that angle. He liked to stay in the zone longer, so he liked a more level swing where they teach the the downwards, so you get that back that backspin on the ball. And he he's like, I I know they're teaching you that, but grandson that's not the way <laughs> so unfortunately I, I i mean i i was there for what a year and a half i mean like i said it was fun uh, i got to see a bunch of the guys and, and, and at least try it i mean it, it was a good time who who'd you uh, who'd you do you still talk to any of the guys that you were on that team with um, I'm actually going to take batting practice tomorrow at Bush Stadium against Kyle McClelland. Really? Yeah, he actually made it to the majors. And I, last time I faced him was 15, I guess it was 15, 16 years ago. Wow. So I think I hit a, I hit a hard ground ball to the shortstop. Hopefully I hit a little further in batting <laughs> practice off him. <laughs> I wonder if he still remembers that to this day, that you got that. Oh, yeah, no, I'm surprised. Ran into him a couple months ago. And now we're still friends. We still talk every once in a while. He lives here in St. Louis. <laughs> that's awesome yeah. um is like you said i know you, you weren't there that long but it's just a joy in the in experience i mean not many people get to say they were at, in the minors somewhat yeah. a sort of pro ball i wish i could have said that i was i was horrible i could never play so i can't ever say that so it's yeah. just like you said it's just it's just amazing to at least just get there you know yeah, yeah. i mean there's I think there's 5,000 minor leaguers at any given time, which is uh, out of how many millions of people. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I didn't really tell anyone who I was. My last name is Schwarzy. So when Grandpa came down to watch me, they're like, why is Stan Musial watching you? <laughs> well, did you tell them what they say uh, after you told them? Uh, pretty quick after that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so back to – Today's game, you obviously saw that the Dodgers won the World Series last year. Um, do you think they have a good chance to repeat this year? Padres are going to be tough. Uh, they're a very good. That's what I'm hoping. I'm well, hoping for that whole rivalry back again. That would help the game. I am hoping to too. But I have a funny feeling. You can never count out the Dodgers, unfortunately. No, they have they have a lot of good talent, and they're they're older, so they're seasoned veterans. So when you get into the playoffs, that's what you want. Um, I mean, the, the Cardinals played the Padres last year. I think we we almost had them, and we, we just lost them. The Padres did they end up losing to the Dodgers in the playoffs yes. last year? Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, so I, I think they'll have a year more under their their belt. So I, I hope the Padres win too. To be honest, <laughs> I hope so too. I mean. I, I, Not all the way. I, I want them to see the Cardinals, but I, 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 I know, I know, you want to see the Cardinals, but hey, hey. I mean, I'm I'm just happy if the Padres make the playoffs. I mean, it's yeah. been like years since they actually made a name for themselves at all in anything. <laughs> um, you you said that um, in the nineties. They, uh, he was around for Tony Gwynn, which is my favorite Padre. That's how I became a Padres fan, was watching him hit. They were very close, actually, Tony and Stan. What, yeah, so what he, what relationship did they have? I know you were part of that, close to that. Yeah, and so, uh, that was a lot in the 90s, so actually, when Tony was playing. And they obviously talked, because they both, like, I think Tony Gwynn had eight batting titles. And, and yes, Stan, yes, yes. And Stan had seven. So between the two of them, they had 15 batting titles, and they, uh, they, they both obviously had very good careers. And Tony didn't have as much power uh, as Stan, uh, but yeah, obviously still a really good hitter. And it, it just hearing them talk, I think the only time I did hear them talk on the phone, it, it's just uh, it was pretty cool to hear. I mean, two of the best in the game just just go over the little things. But like I said, 
guys like that see the game differently. Like it is just hard to hard to incorporate into someone else's life the, from what they can see because they, they can talk about it and they understand each other. It's like you know. Did you ever have? You did you ever? Did you ever have a chance to meet a meet his uh, kid? I did not. I have not met Tony Wynn's kid. Yeah, I I know he didn't have a good career, but he had a mediocre career. I thought he was going to end up better than his daddy, but that never yeah, happened. It's, <laughs> well, it's tough to follow in someone's footsteps like that. I mean, you know, his dad was one of the all time greats. And no matter no matter what people say, it does. You do think about it a lot, and, and you want to live up to that, but you also have to be your own person. Yeah. So let's talk about the team now here, where I'm at, mm-hmm. the Rays. Do you do you see them competing competing for pennants, just like they did last year, with the way they're going? Yeah, I mean, you hope so. I mean, I I don't know enough about the Rays. I haven't followed them much this year, to be honest. So I, I think they're doing pretty well. So I, I wish them the best. But uh, it's a tough division with with the Red Sox, with the Yankees, and the Yankees aren't even doing that well. And they have they have a stacked lineup. Sometimes you can have the best the best team on paper, and they and they don't uh, they don't you know mesh well together. Yeah, they're actually kicking the Yankees' butt right now, seven to nothing. Oh, so there you go. Nice. <laughs> that works. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they did. I didn't think they. I honestly didn't think they were going to compete with the Dodgers last year. But they they did in the World yeah. Series. They took that. If it wasn't for that stupid call by management or whoever, I'm not going to say Cash because he was yeah. an old school player. I think it it could have gone seven games. And I got to ask you now with getting into that. I don't. That's another reason why I don't like where the game is going, is because it's so analytics. Yeah, ever and, since Moneyball, the movie came out. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And I know for a fact when your when your grandfather played, it was just by instinct and instinct alone. There was really no analytics to it. Oh, video, yeah. Right. I mean, they, you timed it on the, in the right. Back, do you, do, you, do you think? he would feel the same like to this day with analytics or do you think he would change his point on it because of how he understood that the game was changing? He said, and I forgot to say this earlier, one of the things that probably would have changed, they probably would have tried to change his batting stance. I mean, he had such a unique batting stance that most people wouldn't have liked it, but you gotta, you gotta be comfortable to play no matter what. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure he would have fought it and, and hopefully made it through still, but I mean, the, the best players in baseball. So I, I don't think it matters what age they would have played. If, uh, if they would, if he would have played now, and Ty Williams, all those guys, they still would have done very well. Do you personally like analytics in the game, or do you think I, it's hurting I, it? I never got into it. I, I see a place for it, but I think it's a balance of the two. Um, I, I don't think it should be all analytical, and I don't think it should be all the other way either. Um, I mean, team, teams now need to find the right balance. So, but I, I was going to say, you guys got Arizona. But, I figured I was it Randy or Arena, let me say it correctly, from us. And I, I think, yes, we did. He, he blossomed down there. But I mean, he was a good ball player up here, but I, I have a feeling he got in trouble saying some stuff that he shouldn't have. <laughs> he was live streaming one of the coaches, uh, coaches' talks when he shouldn't have. And I think he got a little in trouble. <laughs> yeah, some, I think somewhere down in, yeah, I don't his home country yeah. or somewhere. Yeah. It was, a, it was a playoff game here in St. Louis. He live streamed with the coaches' talks. That too, I heard that too. But he was something similar during the offseason too. I don't know. Some I heard something. Yeah, he he's a good player. He definitely. He, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it was why he couldn't shine with you guys, but he shined down here. It happens all the time in baseball. Where one player, the team just doesn't mesh, and the next team they do very well. It's just you got to find your fit in baseball. Now, next one is the strike zone with the automated umps compared to the compared. I don't like. To, yeah, I don't like. I don't like that at all. Yeah. I think it takes away from the game. I mean, umpires' mistakes are part of the game, unfortunately, and I think we need to keep it. I feel you on that. So you're like me, where basically minor league should get rid of the because I think that's where it's going right now. Is I think the minor leagues are doing what the computer umps, the computer ump for strikes and. I think they're starting it, yeah. 
I, I agree. That's taken away the game. I get there's going to be a bad call, but they're human. Yeah. But the human element is part of the game. Right. I agree. So at least we agree on that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have a stop here in a couple minutes, just so you know. So we can no, no, no. You're, you're good. Yeah. Let's get into that time anyway. So uh, I got a couple more questions to do before yep, we do no go. Yep. Yeah, I still I do thank you for coming on though. No, I appreciate it. I know it's early, but World Series predictions, who you got winning and how many games? How many games in the season? No, in the series for the, the series, World yeah. Series. Okay. Whew, I haven't even thought that far to be honest. Uh, I mean, obviously uh the Cardinals are, you know, they actually have a shot right now. I mean, hopefully we hold up. I mean, I'd like to see them in the World Series. Um, whew, on the other side, I, I kind of want to lean towards uh, maybe, uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I would obviously like to see Kansas City, but I don't think it's going to happen because uh, I'm a fan of Matheny. But uh, the Oakland A's, I would actually like to see them make the World Series. I think that would be a, a fun World Series. And, uh, and they, haven't, they haven't been to one in quite a while. And they're doing well right now. How many games do you think it would go? Oh, I bet it'll go six or seven. Do you think the game of baseball needs that instead of like a quick series the way the World Series has been at times? Do you, do you think baseball needs that and likes it better that way? Uh, 100%. I mean, it just makes for a lot of excitement. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget the 2011 World Series. I mean, the, the up-and-down excitement of that. Uh, I, I mean, it, it was amazing just to be there at a bunch of those games. I, I handed out the game ball with, with Grandpa at, at Game 6. Um, so I, to, just to be at that game, I was sitting with Bob Gibson, and he, he turned to me and he said, you'll never see a game like this ever again in your life. He goes, I've, I've, been, I've watched the game for 70-plus years, and I've never seen one like this. Was that true? Have you seen another game like that or no? Not even close. See, there you go. He was right. Yeah. It was, it was funny. David Freeze lives in Texas now, and he, he just tweeted out uh, earlier today that someone was yelling at him that he ruined his whole high school career in Texas for what he did to them. Oh, well, yeah. I think he's what? Re- I think he's what? Retired from the game now, I think? Yeah, yeah. He retired two years ago. But it was, it was just pretty funny that people still, still remember that from 10 years ago. Now, my last question to you is before I have to let you go. Yeah. Since you have to go. Um,. The players of some of the players in the nineties that uh, I want to go with let's go with the position that he played outfield. What do you think of guys like, or w- did he ever talk to them, or did they ever talk to him like Scott Rowland, um, Jim Edmonds, uh, Fernando Wait, Tatis? Say that again, sorry. Fernando Tatis. Uh, did he ever talk to any of those guys that were outfielders like he was in the 90s? So Jim Edmonds, yeah. I mean, I, I still text with uh, with Jimmy. We jokingly uh, call each other cousins. Like, we used to go in the clubhouse. So Stan's daughter is in Edmonds. And they're actually, so they're actually like seven cousins mm. in a roundabout way. So we would walk into the clubhouse and say, hey, what's up, cuz? So, uh, yeah, no, Jimmy, Jimmy just, he, I mean, he was better defensively than Stan was. Um, he just had had a knack for for the dramatic a little bit, but he I mean he was an amazing defensive player. Um, but, but they would uh, yeah they would talk about you know just doing drills. Uh, Jimmy would face the other way away from the ball and just listen to the crack of the bat and and just listen how the ball would come off the bat. He would realize how if the ball was going to go further or more uh, more shallow actually, and, and that's how he always said he got a better jump than most people. He learned to do that. Now you got to see his. You got to see some most of the games because of your grandfather. How how was he live, in person, seeing his games, Edmonds games? Like I said, he had a flair for the dramatics. I mean, he he definitely knew how to make some some great catches. Uh, I haven't seen a, a center fielder like that. I mean, Bader, who's a center fielder for the Cardinals now, definitely has some speed, but he is not Jim Edmonds. Um, so it was it was just a lot of fun to see. I mean, uh, back in the 2004 World Series, 2005 World Series, um, he made some amazing plays. Now, since now, my last question is: since he, since you are close with him, is do you has he talked to you about Hall of Fame? Do you think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame? 
Cardinals Hall of Fame, definitely. Now, Baseball Hall of Fame, that, that's going to be tough just based on his statistics. Uh, I think he's just a little short on, on a couple different ones. So I, I think he only got a couple percent uh, in, your, in his last vote because he's been retired for quite a while now. So unfortunately, I, I don't think he's going to make the Hall of Fame. That's good. That, well, I mean, so, well, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I hope he, I, I, I watched his career throughout, I mean, in the 90s, because I was obviously born in the 90s, so I watched most of his career, just like I, how I watched Tony Gwynn through most of his career. I think, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame, maybe. I mean, yeah, you're right, the stats didn't lead up to it but I don't think stats is really everything though because of what you meant I think Hall of Fame should be basically what you did on the what you did on the field which defensive stats and all that because he saved a lot of runs Grandpa always told me he looked at a a player's 10 best years and that's what you wanted to base uh, someone going into the Hall of Fame. And, and on that, Jimmy Jimmy probably could get in. Um, overall stats, he's just a little short. I think he was uh, – he didn't – did he hit 400? I think he's at 390 or something home runs. Um, I just wish he would have been healthy the last couple of years. He probably could have got over that hump and might have had a shot at it. Yeah. Long, longevity is part of it. I mean, there's, there's a big is, reason. Right. There's some great players that don't play as long as they, as they can. You know, the guys now don't, don't last 22 years. No. Most of the guys are 14, 15 years. You're so big. They're so muscular. I mean, those guys back then were not as muscular, so they, they could last a lot longer. Your uh, fast-switch muscles after the age of, like, 34, 35 just aren't the same. So those, those big boys just don't last. Right, right, definitely. So, yeah, I'm going to let you go since you got to go. Yeah, uh, no I do I thank, I do yeah, thank you fun. for your time. It was awesome. Um, I'd like to have you back on again sometime, if you don't yeah. mind. No, I'd be happy to. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to do this more. I kind of stopped there for a little while, but I, I, I'd like to get back into this. I, I love talking baseball and talking shop, so I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to text you, of course, after the show. Um, but I'm going to ask you: Do you want me to send you? the episode so you can like share it on your feeds and all that yeah that'd be great i appreciate it perfect all right i will it was a pleasure all talking right. to you and you have a good night right. thanks you as well all right yeah. thank you right. <laughs> have a good night bye That concludes episode number 24 with Stan, the man Musial's grandkid, Brian. You all have a good night and take care.